to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the element of grass. I sing the praises of grass, that greenness that spreads across yards and meadows, pushes up between the cracks and sidewalks, and takes over the vegetable rows of inattentive gardeners. People may complain about having to mow the lawn, but grass is so much more than just a summer chore. Grass has contributed to the material as well as the spiritual lives of humans and of the earth for as long as it has been pushing its green leaves above the ground. Grass is everywhere. The grass family has the widest distribution of any plant family in the world, from the Arctic to the tropics, and includes such plants as rushes and even bamboo. In fact, the grass family has the largest number of individual varieties. There are estimated to be between 6,000 and 10,000 species of grass, but so far botanists have named only about half of what is calculated to grow on our planet. The family of grasses may be the most important plant group for all of humans. The seeds of grass plants are valuable to us as grains and cereals, for wheat, barley, oats, rye, rice, and even corn are just some of the species of grass that humans and animals depend on for food. The sweet pith of some grasses has even been used to make beer. In addition, grass has been used for millennia to make things. The stems of many grass plants are hollow, producing straw when dried. Straw is woven into baskets, mats, wall coverings, and hats, and bundles of straw are used to thatch the roofs of dwellings and to stuff mattresses. The hollow stems of reeds are used for arrows and pens and of bamboo to make musical instruments like flutes and even xylophones. We use the word grass to refer to marijuana because the rhizomes of certain grass plants contain psychoactive properties called tryptamines. When processed correctly, these grass rhizomes yield psychoactive effects similar to ayahuasca, and grasses are now being tested to develop ayahuasca analogs for medicinal applications. The earth depends on grass for environmental protection. Fibrous-rooted marsh grass binds mud and hinders water flow. Thus, grassy wetlands hold large amounts of water and keep it from running off into rivers in the ocean so that the ocean can so the water can percolate into the ground and recharge aquifers and prevent flooding. Preservation of grassy wetlands is a much less expensive type of flood control than dam construction, and contributes to a healthy ecosystem. At a time when more and more land is being paved over or given over to highly mechanized farming, we should mourn the loss of grass, which stabilizes dunes and prairies and captures the rain so it can return water to the earth. In Walt Whitman's work, Leaves of Grass, he asked, what is grass? And he answered, I believe a leaf of grass is no less than the journey work of the stars. So mystically important did grass seem to him. Herbalists explain the esoteric meaning of grass to be the power of protection, and it was an ancient custom to tie knots in the grass growing around a home to protect it from negative energy. 
And isn't grass the earth's natural form of protection? And isn't grass the natural keeper of the boundary land between the living and the dead, being between manifesting and transformation? Walt Whitman suggested this when he described grass as the beautiful uncut hair of graves, alluding to the unseen growth and regeneration going on underground and materializing as grass. Carl Sandburg, in his poem Grass, wrote, Pile the bodies high at Austerlitz and Waterloo. Shovel them under and let me work. I am the grass. Let me work. Let the grass cover the earth, protect living things, and aid in the perpetual process of disintegration and regeneration. I am the grass. Let me work. Blessed be. You've been listening to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley. 